In this shortcast, Dr. Quiva Howard describes her team's work, autonomic instability, arrhythmia, and visual impairment in a new presentation of MTFMT-related mitochondrial disease, published in December 2022. The MTFMT gene on chromosome 15 encodes mitochondrial methionyl tRNA formal transferase, which is required for the initiation of translation in mitochondria. While it has been shown that N formulation of the methionyl tRNA is not an absolute requirement of mitochondrial protein synthesis, it does appear to be crucial for the efficiency of synthesis, as well as respiratory chain complex stability and assembly into supercomplexes. Pathogenic variants in MTFMT have been associated with combined oxidative phosphorylation deficiency 15 and mitochondrial complex 1 deficiency nuclear type 27. Both are linked to clinical presentation with Lee syndrome in addition to multi-system involvement, particularly cardiac and ocular involvement. The first cases of MTFMT-related disease were reported in 2011 by Tucker et al., who demonstrated reduced MTFMT activity in the fibroblasts of two patients with Lee syndrome. Since this publication, a number of other cases have been reported in the literature. In our report, we describe a nine-year-old boy who presented to his local hospital in hypertensive crisis. He had a preceding history over the past three months of increased appetite, fatigue and withdrawn behaviour, worsening in the preceding three weeks. He also had a history of mild learning difficulties and abnormal vision, for which he was followed locally by ophthalmology services. Of note, he's from the Irish travelling community and his parents are first cousins. Following his presentation with a hypertensive crisis, he was transferred to our tertiary centre for specialist input. He had one fever at presentation, but his infectious workup was entirely negative. Echocardiogram initially showed left ventricular dilatation and left ventricular systolic dysfunction. Repeat echocardiogram several days later showed progression with concentric left ventricular hypertrophy, a reduced ejection fraction of 56% and a reduced shortening fraction of 26%. On neurological assessment, he was encephalopathic and could not reliably follow instructions. He could move all four limbs symmetrically, lower limb reflexes were brisk, and plantar responses were downgoing. His initial CT brain showed a poorly circumscribed area of low attenuation centred on the tectal plate, so we proceeded to MRI of the brain and spine. This identified abnormal high T2 flare signal within the dorsal brainstem, with reduced diffusivity in the left dorsal midbrain and faint areas of contrast enhancement. In addition, there was a small focus of high T2 flare and low T1 signal in the right globus pallidus with no reduced diffusivity or contrast enhancement. Spinal MRI was normal. The differential diagnosis based on his imaging was neuromyelitis optica, mitochondrial disease, or acute disseminated encephalomyelopathy, or ADEM. His admission to ICU was eventful with the development of multiple episodes of supraventricular tachycardia as well as a new onset of seizures, which were predominantly myoclonic in nature, impaired bulbar function, and concerns that he may have neurogenic bladder and bowel. Blood pressure was highly labile and difficult to manage. Eventually, he stabilised and was able to transfer to the ward. During his early admission, he had an extensive workup, including CSF infectious screen, cytology, and autoantibodies, which were all negative. Baseline metabolic workup was suggestive of mitochondrial dysfunction, with an elevated blood lactate of 2.81 millimoles per litre, CSF lactate of 2.41 millimoles per litre, and a mild increase in lactate excretion on urinary organic acid analysis. 
an oral glucose load was performed and demonstrated a 30% postprandial increase in lactate. His lactate pyruvate ratio was normal at 13.3. Initial treatment was with IV methylprednisolone in light of the MRI appearances, but there was no response to this clinically or on repeat MRI imaging. He was commenced on mitochondrial cocktail of coenzyme Q10, thiamine, riboflavin and biotin, and we obtained blood for genetic analysis to include both mitochondrial DNA analysis and next-generation sequencing panel of nuclear genes associated with primary mitochondrial disorders. When discharged to the ward, he required physiotherapy support to begin mobilising again. He had a gradual improvement of his cardiomyopathy and had no further episodes of SVT on medical management with the tenolol. On ophthalmology assessment, his eye exam was markedly abnormal. He had bilateral reduction in visual acuity and colour vision. He had a reduced blink reflex with staring mask-like face. His optic nerves were pale, indicating long-standing bilateral optic atrophy, which was in keeping with his previous poor visual function and abnormal electrophysiology findings. Prior to discharge, we received confirmation that homozygous autosomal recessive variants in MTFMT were identified in his gene panel. The variant C.626C2T is a missense pathogenic variant and is the most common pathogenic variant reported with MTFMT disease. 81% of previously reported patients are either homozygous or compound heterozygous for this variant. The variant results in two mRNA transcripts, one which produces the replacement of serine with leucine at position 209, and one which results in the skipping of exon 4, causing a frame shift with serine replacing arginine at position 181 and premature termination of the protein. There is a spectrum of disease severity reported with pathogenic MTFMT variants, ranging from classical Lee syndrome phenotype with early hypotonia, seizures, lactic acidosis and mortality in the first two years of life, to the development of ocular or neurological symptoms in adolescence or adulthood. The most common presenting features include developmental delay, gait abnormalities and ocular involvement, and around half of patients have some degree of cardiac involvement. Ocular abnormalities affecting a third of patients in the series by Hayhurst et al. include, among others, nystagmus, strabismus, pigmentary retinopathy, and optic atrophy. The majority of patients have elevated lactate on biochemical testing. Our patient had a number of features well described with MTFMT-related disease, optic atrophy, learning difficulties, and cardiac involvement. Prior to this episode, he was relatively mildly affected in keeping with the milder spectrum of disease that has been observed in other patients from previous case series. Of the 42 previously reported patients, 10 had been admitted to ICU due to acute decompensation with variable outcomes. Several died and some needed long-term ventilatory support, in contrast to our patient who has done relatively well post-discharge from ICU. What was new in our patient's presentation was the hyperphagia and excessive weight gain. This has been reported in one previous patient, however they were subsequently shown to have Cushing syndrome, which our patient did not. We postulate that the changes present in the dorsal midbrain of our patient may be causative of the phenotype. The regulation of food intake and energy expenditure is affected by a homeostatic control mechanism involving the hypothalamus, amygdala and brainstem. The dorsal rafe nucleus in the dorsal midbrain has been implicated in the regulation of food intake and has reciprocal connections with hypothalamic nuclei known to regulate feeding. This may be an explanation for the dysregulation observed in our patient. Even on long-term follow-up with dietetic input and physiotherapy, he has continued to gain weight rapidly, around 20 kilos in the last two years. 
Another feature with our patient which was notable was the degree of autonomic instability. He initially presented with very elevated blood pressure, but in ICU this was labile and he alternately required antihypertensive and inotropes to manage his blood pressure. His ICU stay was further complicated by multiple episodes of SVT. SVT, without evidence of an accessory pathway, has been described previously in one patient with this disorder, with structural cardiac abnormalities being more common. Since discharge, our patient has not returned to his gross motor baseline and needs ongoing follow-up with community services. His visual impairment is stable. He requires assistance in school due to the visual impairment and mild learning difficulties. His follow-up MRI imaging is also stable. He has now been weaned off anti-epileptic medications. Follow-up echocardiogram and Holter monitoring have been normal, and he is also now off all cardiac medications. He remains on coenzyme Q10 monotherapy as the parents report a positive effect on his energy levels. In summary, we here present previously unreported findings in a nine-year-old Irish boy, including autonomic instability and hyperphagia, in addition to previously described features, including arrhythmia, optic atrophy, basal ganglia and brainstem lesions on brain imaging, and neurologic involvement with subcute encephalopathy, expanding the phenotypic spectrum of disorders associated with MTFMG variants. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the patient and his family for consenting to the publication of this report, and also to thank everyone involved in this patient's care. If you'd like to read our paper, please visit the JIMD Reports webpage or click the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.